Before we begin, just to let you guys know, our logo artwork was designed by Nicole Anarchy and music by Taylor Paisley French. Warning, this podcast does contain spoilers for the Verse series. Hello everyone and welcome to the Best Damn Camp, a Rodenverse read-along and analysis podcast that sets out to read all the books by Rick Rodan in timeline order. I'm your host Fran and welcome back to the show. I am so sorry for the uh, three week long hiatus that has been happening. It was longer than I intended it to be but um, yeah I, I think I maybe mentioned it in the previous episode, I don't remember now. But the reason why I took the hiatus uh, is due to the fact that my debut novel is out right now in the world. It's called Home to the Wild. It's the first of three novels and four short stories in the Into the Wild series. It's found family, it's wolves, it's lesbians, it's Tarzan vibes. So if that's your jam, go check it out. Um, And honestly, the only reason why the hiatus lasted so long is because I had to get it all sorted and make sure it was ready for the release. And then things went tits up very quickly and very wildly and I was a hysterical mess. So uh, that's the only reason why things have taken a little bit longer for me to get back to it. But we'll be back to our regularly scheduled program here on the show and um hint hint i will be starting a brand new podcast very soon so if you like uh this not so well known i don't think maybe more so in the u.s uh teen spy book series um teen girl spy specifically uh book series well that'll be coming soon um either this year or next year we'll see so if you want to get early access to that as well as this show and entering storybrook the other podcast i am on be sure to go support me on patreon at patreon.com slash a healthy dose of fran um and you also get like updates for all the stuff that i'm working on i've currently uploaded to my patrons an early look (coughs) sorry an early look at one of my next short story covers uh, not for Into the Wild, but for this Celtic mythology series that I'm working on. So if you want to have a look-see at that and all the other stuff related to my books, um, that is there as well, as well as stuff on my YouTube channel. So support me, please. I am very broke. <laughs> but uh, to move on to what you're all actually here for, today we're continuing our timeline journey with the Son of Neptune section entitled Arriving in the Land Beyond the Gods which is from pages 387 to 442. These books are so damn long. As always, I have my points to focus on. So today we've got plot and generally what I thought of it. I don't have that much to say. (laughs) Well, I do, but only about one thing. Anyway, let's dive into it. So we have two point of view perspectives in this section. So we start first with Percy. And this is the overview for Percy's chapters. Frank is devastated after losing his grandma and his family home. Percy and Hazel offer him some comfort. Percy has begun to remember much of his past life, including the fact that he can communicate with them in dreams. Leaving a message for Tyson to find Ella, Percy also sees that Camp Jupiter is in trouble and will be attacked the next night. They're running out of time. Making their way to Alaska, they catch a train for the last part of their journey, only to have it disrupted by angry griffins. 
Taking the rest of the journey by foot, the trio runs into some trouble when Percy gets swallowed whole by a muskeg. While it is water, for some reason, Percy can't breathe. He's dying. The prophecy is coming true. He's drowning in water. And uh, that's kind of the basic. It's not the most detailed one. Honestly, this section, I was not... I was not as engaged, <laughs> is the best way to say it with this section. I've got some feedback for this section, but yeah, it's probably not the best overview, so I do apologise for that. The feedback that I do want to say, um, firstly, Rick, I know you've improved a lot as a writer. I haven't yet read Daughters of the Deep, so I don't actually know how true that is, but <laughs> I know you've improved in some aspects of um, presenting of characters and masculinity and things like that but the toxic the toxic masculinity in this and this is what 2013 this book i think 2012 2013 around that sort of time uh, so frank is trying to hide the fact that he's crying because his grandma is dead literally the last member of his family beyond a god that he'll barely ever see and you know the home that he grew up in and has all the stuff with his mother is up in flames like everything is terrible for this guy um and he he's shedding a few tears but he's kind of covering his face trying to hide the fact that he's crying um and percy's comments was basically with everything that he's gone through shedding a few tears doesn't make him less of a man and i hated that so much because shedding tears in general doesn't make any guy less of a man crying is a very human emotion i'm let men and boys cry this is why there's huge suicide rates in men which by the way for anyone who is struggling there is a link at the very bottom of the episode show notes that is like a universal um hotline for all the different like suicide numbers that you can call domestic violence and all that sort of stuff if you're going through anything terrible there will be a number on that list for you to check out um but I, uh, I know it's 2012 and it was very much the sentimentality back then of if a guy cries, he is quote unquote a pussy or a girl. Um, and I hate it. I hate it all. I just, that's such, it was such an unnecessary line as well, literally. What was the point of saying crying doesn't make him any less of a man because of everything he's gone through? Like, you don't need to say any less of a man. You don't need to say anything about the fact that just, like, they're comforting him because he's lost the last of his family. Fucking hell. That, did, that, that was the tone. That was the tone that started this reading of this section for me. And as you can tell, I'm not happy. <laughs> um, and then the whole section ends up getting even weirder because, like, Hazel then kisses Percy on the cheek because he says he's not a spy and he remembers that he is actually a Greek demigod and there is another Greek camp that he's from and he's worried they'll see him differently and so Hazel kisses him on the cheek because of course they wouldn't see it was really random and kind of weird not in that like she's young and he's older and it was like romantic it was clearly like in a sisterly way but like even still it's still kind of weird even in like a sisterly way because what was the reason <laughs> i get like he was concerned about them seeing him differently they just have to say of course we wouldn't i don't understand the reasoning for a kiss on the cheek to say we don't see you differently but she's never done it before 
uh, it's just it's it was really random and confusing and i was being like what <laughs> the whole time it yeah <sighs> um there is also another thing that i want to mention so this is still in the conversation that percy's having about the fact that he's from camp half-blood which is a greek camp um and this is merely like a foresight on my part because it's referenced in the crossover book which is demigods and magicians which is the Kane siblings and then percy and annabeth meeting them which i think was written after the heroes of olympus um i'm not actually 100 percent, so maybe it's not maybe i should check that before i say this when was demigods and magicians demigods and magicians public uh when was when was demigods 2015 okay yeah so it was after um okay yeah so <laughs> but the fact that he does then put it in there like three years later but anyway so in the crossover carter is very upset and horrified to hear the phrase half-blood because he is mixed race he is a person of color and is mixed race and he mentions the fact that he's like that in a sense having that as a racial slur being used towards him of being called a half-blood because you know he's <laughs> he's a person he's a mixed race person of color also we have a mention from piper i think in the in lost hero being uncomfortable here in the term half-blood because she is also a mixed race native american girl so yeah okay so the fact that percy has just mentioned camp half-blood to two people of color and the fact that neither of them especially hazel who grew up in segregation and probably had some very similar racial slurs thrown against her and none of them kind of like question it or make a face or anything like that about the word it's just it's it's giving lack of understanding for these characters because also frank and hazel just received no attention at all beyond this book and even in this book they're just they're very secondary characters tertiary when we meet the rest of the cast so it's just really random to me that they have no response to a word that has had responses from other characters like Piper, like Carter. And it's literally, it's mainly for Hazel. I'm surprised Hazel didn't react to the word half-blood being someone who grew up in segregation, experienced intense racial, like, what's the word? Uh, racial abuse and it's just it's weird it's weird and additional to that in relation to obviously just bringing up piper um they're in alaska and um there's like references to like one of these giants are they called laskarian giants i'm probably saying it wrong the blue the, the blue giants um and one of them is like holding a native american totem pole which is random um but then also the mentioning of lots of other native american things and i remember like i was reading that just like when i was reading it, i was like are people in alaska are the indigenous people in alaska called native americans so i looked it up and the term for them is alaska natives or alaska natives so yeah they wouldn't admittedly maybe some do but just from that simple google search it looked like the the correct term is alaska natives or alaska natives not native americans so it, yeah so and this is a recurring theme with rick of just general lack of research because that was one google search <laughs> i know like in 2010 11 like google wasn't 
the best form but like you still do some research especially if you're going to randomly reference a giant holding a Native American totem pole which was random to have in Alaska anyway and to random to reference when they're in Alaska in general just the whole, yeah the whole thing was odd but it was a simple google search and I was like okay so the the, the correct term is Alaska Natives or just calling them indigenous people like I know that's more of like the blanket term and I've spoken to some of the other Percy Jackson podcasters um and uh, I, apparently this is kind of a thing for Americans but just like a blanket term for any indigenous person is usually Native American even if they're actually not Native American um but again like I, I admit I am not remotely as educated as I should be about this because we don't technically have any indigenous people in the UK or at least indigenous Britons is what I mean um though I suppose maybe like Scotland and Ireland technically um because they were the ones who weren't like affected as much by like Rome Rome's invasion and then the Normans invasions and stuff like that um it was just when England decided to be assholes to the entire world um where was I going with this? Anyway, it was just something I picked up. Um, and uh, I apologise if I am wrong. Um, and, the, and the Google search lied to me. But uh, it wouldn't surprise me if it is just that Rick is wrong. Because th- this guy, like, he really doesn't do that much research. Which is disappointing. Because, um, like, I mean, like, I'm going to go off on a tangent. Yeah, I'll go off on a tangent now. So I'm doing a book on Celtic mythology. And I admit, I'm not doing as much research as I probably could, um, because it is an interpretation, and I am laying out the fact that it is an interpretation of Celtic myth, because it's, it's a modern-day thing, it's <laughs> it's a young adult story, it's the gods on a on modern interpretation. Um, but I'm still looking into things and making sure the elements that I'm doing are correct enough that they connect to the previous the actual iterations of these godly characters and godly figures because obviously the faith of following the Celtic gods is still around um maybe not faith the belief system I, I don't know I don't know what the correct term is but this is the thing this is the thing I will be needing to look up and is something I will be looking up I don't know I just considering he's a teacher or he was a teacher as well his his lack of research ability is concerning um especially for things that like especially when you're writing a book that features characters from different ethnic backgrounds as you and you don't really do correct research like or like clearly he never had sensitivity readers prior to like his most recent book with daughter of the deep which is something obviously I'm 100% learning from like (laughs) most of my books will be receiving sensitive readers if they feature characters who are not the same ethnicity as myself um because that's like the bare minimum that I can do um because everyone should be doing that if you have characters that are different from you sensitivity readers I'm going I've I've completely gone down the rabbit hole sorry I'll carry on um (laughs) focusing back on the plot elements um I mentioned this in the start. This book is long. This whole series of Heroes of Olympus is too freaking long. Um, and this section is just a pure example of that because half of what happens here should have been cut, if I'm honest. Um, 
drowning Percy randomly just to kind of connect to this prophecy that he has about the son of Neptune drowns etc to cause a disruption to their journey makes no sense to me because it's been shown early on in the fact that Gaia specifically saved Percy's life that Gaia wants them at the glacier she said as much and has shown as much so but why is she disrupting it by firstly trying to kill Percy and then trying to bribe Hazel and that's in the next part and then the fact that they were attacked by griffins on the train journey which means that they had to walk which then led to an extension of their journey just let them be on the train I don't understand what the reason was for their train journey to be interrupted by griffins attacking for them to then walk for them to like struggle on the way there for them Percy to then drown in in a uh, muskeg like it just it felt so random and it's it's clear that Rick is just basically trying to drag out the plot as much as possible and it's irritating because you don't need to just let them get on the train let them get on the train and drive (laughs) well obviously they're not driving and get to where they need to go and then walk the last bit of it that is to the glacier it's just really annoying I wasn't kind of confused as to how Percy does drown in the muskeg thing because it is made of water like I know there's lots of other stuff in it but he was in what was it the Hudson River is it the Hudson River I don't know anything about America America's too big America's insane um but like it was filled with sewage basically and he was perfectly fine this is obviously it's not sewage but like there's a lot of crap in musk eggs from what I looked up but it is also again made and filled with water at the same time as well like as a mixture of stuff so I kind of don't get how he's not drowning uh, how he is drowning I mean I don't get how he is and it's not really ever explained properly maybe it is I've, maybe, I kind of like glossed over some things eventually because it was just it's just dragging it's exhausting <laughs> But, um, yeah, that d- d- did confuse me. Maybe I should look over the book right now just to check. No, I didn't want to. <laughs> oh, God. Um, let's move into Hazel's overview. So we don't actually have all of Hazel's four chapters in this section. It's like the first three, I think. Yeah, first three. Um, and this is the additional part of why I'm just like, what was the point of the drowning? Because um, going to Hazel's overview... After saving Percy from drowning, the group find themselves in an impasse. They can't cross over ground without risking muskets again. They also can't fly or use a boat due to the ice and mountains. Thankfully, an old friend in the form of a fastest light horse called Orion arrives at Hazel's call. Taking the high-speed Pony Express, they make it to their destination on time, though they slow down when they make it to the peak, worried about a trap. Slowly making their way towards the glacier's top, they come across an army of ghosts. It was, of course, a trap. Um, and going to that first part about saving Percy from drowning. So it does take a little bit of time because, like, Gaia basically tries to, like, bait her, basically being like, hey, I can give you a good life. I can bring your mum back to you, but you can have a good life again. And Hazel's just like, fuck off, bitch. Um, which is good on her. But it just felt really random of, like, we're going to drown Percy, a character that Gaia wanted to save earlier in the book and did killing one of her assets because she wanted Percy to live and now is seemingly trying to kill him and then trying to convince Hazel to kind of let him die I don't know this is a, the logic of Gaia 
consistently doesn't make any sense. Because she wants them to get to the peak of Alaska in the glacier. She wants them to get there. So why is she causing problems? I don't know, and it's not explained. It's very annoying. Um, I am tired. <laughs> um, I, I don't really have anything else really to feedback on this section except for Orion is cool. I like him. Um, <laughs> uh, romance elements that are appearing with Frank are feeling a bit ham-fisted at the stage. They've got more important things going on right now. I mean, you don't need to do this. Um, and then I just made a, a mini, like, rhyme. It's not even a rhyme. It's just like a mini little song that I wrote because that's all I was thinking was going into a trap, trap, trap. Going to find a ghost, ghost, ghost. Y'all aren't going to die. Don't worry because it's a book. <laughs> um, oh, sorry. I just hit my mic. <laughs> and literally, that's just like in my mind. It's like, yeah, they're going into a trap. I'm not worried because literally no one dies in this series so um and like literally at this point also we know they can't die because we've got the prophecy of the seven and it's being made explicitly clear that they are involved with the prophecy of the seven so we know they can't die because they haven't gone on the prophecy of the seven quest yet so it's kind of like what is the point <laughs> what is the point of making us worried for their safety and it's going to get worse in the next session I can already tell um but going into the specific point of this episode which is plat plat which is plot um and the fact that like, percy is gaining his memory so quickly and easily in comparison to jason who still throughout the series there is a helicopter coming i don't know if you guys are going to be able to hear this but i'm gonna i'm gonna keep talking um yeah but jason basically never really fully gained his memories in heroes of olympus which is just really weird to me like why? I am recording a podcast. Stop flying overhead. You have better things to do with your life. I can't even tell where it is. I couldn't see it at all. Anyway. But yeah, the fact that in comparison to Jason, who in a sense really never got his memories back, it's just it is just really weird like what is the point of all of this why can't this is the whole thing we know percy's backstory we know everything about percy's history we don't really need to be learning and obviously it's for the plot of stating hey there's another camp cool i guess but like none of that ever happened with jason it wasn't until basically the end of the book that he mentioned about the other camp throughout the rest of the book he is never regaining any memories like we know nothing about jason and yet percy has his memories just so we can get nice percebeth moments of him thinking about how it'd be nice to be in new rome with her and like going to school and living there with her like it's just poor storytelling to me that character who we actually know nothing about we continue to know nothing about and then we have the situation of Percy, who's had an entire five book series lay out everything about him. And yet we continue to gain more about him, basically, of showing the cuteness of the relationship of Percy Beth. When we've got a character we know nothing about. It just, it's stupid. It's kind of stupid to me. Um, and then obviously the thing I mentioned before, they're just really dragging out this journey. 
Like, what was the point of having them be attacked by griffins on the train for them to walk? It's just unnecessary. It's just, literally, just what is the point of dragging it out? Like, a train ride is not a problem. Just let them get nearer to where they need to be to then walk that tiny bit. What was the point of, de- like, having them jump off a train to go fight a monster that they then didn't really have to deal with because they got the giants? Well, they d- did obviously have to fight with them. It's just, the whole thing makes so much sense because we're being told this whole book that Gaia wants them to get there. Like, what's the point of causing the delay? And we know it's Gaia doing it because, like, it's consistently she, like, these things are happening because of Gaia. Everything is happening because of Gaia. So why is she stopping them? It just... I'm losing my mind, people. I'm losing my mind. Um, but I, I'm saying a lot of um, sorry. <laughs> I don't really have anything else to say other than I don't get... This is the whole problem I have with the fact that there are basically two villains in the story. I know this was the case with Percy Jackson, uh, like the original series, but like Luke was a villain in and of his own right and Cronus was just like an impending one. In this case, Gaia is actively involved in the storyline causing problems alongside the giants so they're both just as like present in the story which is kind of like just in a sense overwhelming and unnecessary because Cronus was like an overbearing presence in the sense of like we know he's there we know he's coming but he hasn't arrived yet Luke is like in a sense just the pawn of that situation it just it worked a lot better in Percy Jackson because what they should be doing is having Gaia not be remotely involved except for speaking to them in dreams, similar to the Corona situation, or just not have her involved at all. Because in the mythology, with the giant war, it was just the giants. Gaia was not helping the giants, or at least in the versions that I've read. So why are they doing it now? <sighs> anyway, that's all I have to say because I've got nothing else. <laughs> this section was just not much happened the stuff that did happen was annoying um i'm hoping the next one because it's going to be a battle scene i do quite like the battle scenes that rick does he's a very good fight scene writer in some cases so hopefully i'll have a lot more to say that's less negative uh maybe this is why i don't have an audience because i'm just i'm hypercritical like there are good things that you have to say about it like i like that the development of the relationship between phrasal Frazel, well I guess that is their ship name but between Frank Hazel and Percy there is a development there, it's not as well or as strong as it could be but it is there in comparison to the Lost Hero Trio where there is nothing there is no substance it's just built off false information so at least this one it feels more genuine but Heroes of Olympus is definitely the series I'm just, I just don't enjoy as much it's the one that I've reread the least I think in total since I started reading the series when I was 19, I've read Heroes Olympus in total twice, if that. So this is probably only my third time reading it in nearly a decade. Um, so yeah, anyway, uh, yeah, that's all I have time for this week. As always, if you want to check out my debut novel, Home to the Wild, Found Family, Wolves, Tarzan, Lesbians. It is out now on all platforms, so if you don't want to support Amazon, you can order it into your local bookstore, or support your local libraries as well by ordering it there, because that supports me, and it supports your local library as well. Uh, it's also out on e- all ebook platforms. Audiobook is not yet out, because it's very expensive, and you don't actually get that much money for them, which is 
you know, not great for actually trying to make money <laughs> because I'm poor. So, um, if you would like to help me support, uh, if you would like to help me get an audiobook, consider supporting me on Patreon at patreon.com slash a healthy dose of Fran, uh, where you can get early access to all podcasts, all YouTube, all book related stuff. Um, and yeah, that is all we have time for. So this is this week's question of the episode. Of course, the thing you're all excited for, which is why do you think Gaia keeps stopping them from reaching the glacier when she wants them there? Because honestly, I just need an answer. Maybe I'm just not seeing it. Uh, so that'll be going up on all of our social media. Uh, <laughs> as always, thank you all for joining me for this week's section. Be sure to join me next Wednesday as we continue our Universe journey. To plug where you can find our podcast, we're available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audio Boom, Stitcher, and basically where we listen to your podcasts. In the meantime, between episodes, you can find The Best Damn Camp on various social media at Best Damn Camp Pod on Instagram and Twitter. If you want to email me with your thoughts on the episode, you can email thebestdamncamp at hotmail.com, or if you want to support the podcast, you can head over to the Patreon page at patreon.com slash a healthy dose of Fran, which is linked in the episode show notes for things like early access to episodes and other exclusive perks. Want more Royal Universe content? Check me out on YouTube at a healthy dose of Fran. And if you want to support my writing career, drop me a follow at a dose of Fran on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Again, thank you all for tuning in. As always, I've been Fran, your very own hunter, and I'll see, shall I speak to you all next time. Bye.